You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers loss, this time to the LSU Bayou Bengals down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Tigers, the good Tigers, fall by the score of 80 to 104 on the road. That drops their overall record to 11 and 12 on the year, and the SEC record continues to fall to 5 and 9 on the year. We're going to talk about things going on in and around the program. Obviously, this game, there's not much we want to talk about from it, but we'll talk about it and look ahead to the next game coming up as well. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray. How does it feel to be back below 500 for the first time since the beginning oh, of the season? Oh, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good, Kyle. It, is not, it was not a good week at all for many reasons, yeah. uh, whether it was schedule, weather, everything in between, performances on the floor. Um, in terms of like actual basketball current roster stuff, not a good week for the Auburn Tigers. Yeah. It's one that I'd like to forget, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, I don't see a lot of things that we can take away uh, from this game to be happy about. Before we get into all that, though, I do want to talk about stuff as we as we usually do in and around the program. And and I actually forgot to mention this to you in pre-show discussions, but I saw a report today that um, you know we've been talking a lot this season about Justin Powell and his yeah. injury. You know, there's a report out today that he has not technically been ruled out for the rest of the year. And I don't know if I want to buy into that, to be honest with you. I feel like that's a lot of speculation to generate discussion by media outlets. But what are your feelings about that? I mean, do you think that there's a a, a potential for him to return uh, and back up at point guard? Or B, do you think that they should do that? I, I don't think they should. Um, just with the way this season has uh, gone, and especially as of late, um, you know, I think they were really careful with, you know, whether, whether it was a concussion, whether it was a head injury or neck injury or whatever. Um, you know, we continue to hope he's doing better. And we, um, as much as we want to see him back out on the floor, and we're very excited for his, you know, future from, you know, what we saw at the beginning of the year, I don't know if we should jump ahead and let him play for the rest of this three game stretch we got here so you've answered the should do you think that they would though i don't i don't think so hey i don't see a world where it makes sense to be honest with you like i I get that the kid wants to get back up there and and, you know contribute and i think there is room to contribute on this team right now uh poor sharif cooper can't uh you know get much help for himself the last couple of games and you know there's a lot of circumstances around this game and this week that I think, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses, but play into the performance of the team. But still, you know, the point still stands that Justin Powell would provide a shot in the arm if he was 100%. 
I just yeah. don't know that the timing is right. I don't know that it's what, what's in Auburn's best interest and his best yeah. interest at this point in the season. But just some the discussions and rumor mills out there that he has not technically been ruled out, but I wouldn't anticipate and see him anytime soon. Let's talk about some exciting news, though, and this is not necessarily about the program currently, but it's about stuff around it and current or former basketball players that are doing big things now. We all know about the basketball tournament that, you know, we kind of got Auburn basketball fans energized last year with War Tampa, bringing in several Auburn players. They have fully embraced the Auburn family and want to surround their team and that uh, organization. Uh, around the Auburn family and kind of bring in more Auburn players. And they've been doing that. Not only did they add TJ Dunnans to the roster, but they have changed their name from war Tampa to war ready. So there's a couple of things that I want to get your impressions on about this. First, let's, let's analyze the name first. You move from war Tampa to war ready. What do you think about that? Gray? Um, um, I think, I think it's great that they're embracing the, the Auburn family and the Auburn basketball organization and the Auburn uh, former players and alumni um, I think it's like, I think it's good for the program in, in general, in general meaning by you know keeping those players. You know, you know sometimes we lose track of those players. You know that don't go to the NBA or the G League or stuff like that. And you know this is a good chance for Auburn fans and the Auburn family to you know get to see these guys play together one last time. Um, the name War Ready, I don't. I, I, where where does that come from? Like, <laughs> I think I like it's an honest attempt to try to make it a little bit catchier because War Tampa. I mean, honestly, War Tampa was so unique. Like yeah. at first, it doesn't make sense, but it's like I'm used to saying it now. That kind of flowed off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I that's the I like the way you opened up with your answers. Like, I love that they're embracing it. I just don't know about the execution thus yeah, far in terms yeah. of marketing and things like that. I think there are better way. And I'm not saying I have an idea right here off the top of my head. War ready though. I don't know kind of <laughs> gets people fired up. I was more fired up for war Tampa uh, than anything like that. And I get with them embracing this, you kind of want to maybe remove the Tampa, uh, you know, location yeah. or the idea of it away from the name. But I think they're, you know, they could have called them the Plainsmen. Or, yeah, you know, something great. like that. I think that would have fired a lot of people up. Um, war is a big kind of energizing word to use in there. Um, but I just don't know what I would do in its place. Do you have any ideas? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I put you on the spot to be creative. Yes, here. you did. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that uh, it was probably the, the best thing out there. But, hey, I'm just glad that they're embracing this. And specifically with adding TJ Dunnans now, he was a fan favorite and one of the beginnings of kind of restarting this program with Bruce Pearl. What do you think about adding him? That's a great ad. That's a great ad. I, I used to love watching TJ Dunnans. Not only did they add TJ Dunnans, but they got Simeon Bowers as well. You know, your favorite point guard. How did I forget about <laughs> Sinindrum? How did I forget about him? Your favorite point guard in Auburn basketball history is on war ready. Surely he has some eligibility to come back and play point guard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even believe that I forgot about that. I mean, that if that's not enough to fire you up to watch this this summer, I, I don't know what I can do for you, like personally. Like, you need help if you can't get fired up to watch Sinindrum, as I call him, because he's a conundrum and Simeon Bowers, I'll explain it again. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really excited for what they're doing with this. And I believe we've also got LaRon Smith, 
uh, Deshaun Murray, and D'Angelo Purifoy. I think that's the lineup so far, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe and, so. with many more additions to come. Yeah, that they keep alluding to that, and so yeah. this is going to be something that I think is going to be it's going to be great for a time where you know Auburn sports dies off, you know, because yeah. obviously the semesters are ending. The only you know baseball and softball, if you go to the postseason, tend to stretch a little bit further into the summer. But even that kind of loses some of its steam, uh, especially if they're not going to be keep moving on. So I think this will be a good thing to keep the Auburn family energized in the summer, especially with them fully embracing the Auburn family. We just need to work on that name. Yep. Just a little bit. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll come out with some suggestions and offer those up in the future. Uh, let's start moving towards discussing this game, but to do that, we have to actually address the lead up to it. You know, Auburn actually did not even play one yep. game that they were supposed to play earlier this week. And that was against Mississippi state. Uh, it was originally postponed and I'll be honest with you. When I, saw the postponement i immediately thought COVID 19 did you think that oh yeah definitely and then we we all forgot that you know there's this giant storm going on in texas in the midwest you know that area yeah but um yeah so they got moved and it got moved to thursday and then it got moved again because things (laughs) continue to get worse in texas poor little texas i mean and and i guess mississippi and louisiana and then even some other areas just in the surrounding they just got torched by this storm and it and it canceled this game and i don't know about you gray but i gotta think that this altering of schedules really affected this team in the game leading up to it i think so i think it did i think it affected the uh the execution and the the effort out there for auburn and lsu but lsu is is the better basketball team right now and it showed and here's the thing too i think coach pearl in his uh, post-game discussion he, he talked about um, his disappointment for a lot of different things. But one thing that stuck out to me, and I kind of like tilted my head to the side. and was like, wait, what do you, you, he said he was disappointed in the preparation. I was like, isn't that your yeah. job coach? Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they're prepared. Course, you know, granted he can put them in a position to be prepared, but they have to do go through the preparation and yeah. things like that. So it seems like that might've been the case with him bringing that up in post game comments that they were not as focused as they were. And some of that, you know, you kind of give them a benefit of the doubt for with what was going on in the world and uh, the whole changing of schedules and things like that. But the mindset clearly was not ready to play basketball uh, on the road in Baton Rouge against one of the best teams in the SEC right now. They're not the best, but they are one of the best um, at this point. So I I don't believe we're going to make up this Mississippi State game. Is that correct? Yes, I don't think so. And that's a shame because I think that was one of the last games that we were going to have that was going to be a still a competitive game, but I think Auburn would have been in a better position to win that game. And I think it's one that they really could have used to kind of start what was going to be a very tough game, a yeah. tough stretch for Auburn, starting with LSU. So let me just shape this for you, for everybody at home. This was supposed to be the easy part. <laughs> yes. yes. LSU was the beginning of the bad stuff. And this is how we started off with it. So uh, why don't we just kind of get, jump right into, you know, we don't have a lot of notes about that, just some general thoughts, but what did you think about the Auburn LSU game overall? Um, you know, this is an Auburn team that obviously is struggling um, defensively. Um, LSU is just, I mean, you said it, you said it um, in your little uh, intro there. They are not the best, but one of the best um teams in the SEC and they are the best offensive team in the SEC. And um, it really showed, it really showed uh, offensively tonight for uh, LSU with uh, 
they're stud freshmen going for 27. You know, they're shooting 53% from the field, 50% from the three-point arc, you know, out-rebounding out us. You know, it's a, good, it's a good basketball team. Can we, can we just agree that not only is this bad enough in itself, but it just compounds that you lost to Will Wade? I mean, no. does, he's he's got to be the never most hated. Be allowed to ever coach a basketball game ever again. Do you consider him the most hated coach in the SEC right now? I don't. I can't think of another one that I would hate more. I mean, I would say Calipari, <laughs> but he's. I don't. I don't have a specific reason to hate Calipari. Um, if you count uh, one of Calipari's assistants, then yes. <laughs> fair point. Fair point on that one. I was also like, I want to, I want to hate Calipari this year. It's just because it's easy to hate Kentucky, but I feel bad for him. I mean, is, that, <laughs> is, is this this what is this world we're living in? Where are we're Kentucky, feeling bad for Kentucky? Yeah, where Kentucky and Auburn, the two premier teams in the league last year, yeah. are now the you know obviously in the bottom, but we feel bad for Kentucky. I mean, what is this football or something? This is bad. This is bad. Hey Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While Tee Public is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. They lose in fine fashion, 104 to 80. And honestly, it could have been a lot worse if it had not been for one Sharif Cooper, who almost matches his career high in his short time here at Auburn with 26 points overall. Here's the rest of his stat line, 9 and 17 overall from his field goal percentage. Uh, he was 0 for 4 from the three-point arc, 8 or 9 from the free throw line, three rebounds, only two assists, and uh, he also had six turnovers. So while... That 26 points looks very nice for Sharif Cooper. There are some, you know, concerns yeah. about some of the other areas. So what did you think overall about Sharif? Yeah, I, I, I saw Sharif try and, um, try and be a little, a little selfish, you know, which was good at times. You know, him scoring 26 points is great, but um, trying to do a little too much at times, which led to six turnovers and led to, you know, three fouls with um, – you know, it led to 0 for 4 from 3. But, um, you know, at, at times like this and in a game like this, when you're playing in a team that's – you're shooting 50% from three-point range, you've got to figure out a way to put the ball in the basket. And I think Sharif did well in putting it on himself to put the ball in the basket. 
I think that the best players, they have a touch of selfishness, just just a touch where they understand at points that I have to take the game over and put this on my shoulders to get the team going in the right direction. And then, you know, settle back down and kind of just do the things that you're supposed to do on a normal basis. Jared Harper. Jared Harper is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Used to take games over at the end of games. And we used to be like, well, where's that the whole game? Yeah. Yeah. You do that the whole game. You're going to score 60. (laughs) (laughs) i i think i i gotta honestly feel bad for sharif because i think he's coming to the situation where he gave auburn such a shot in the arm and so he he obviously knows how how important of a role he is in here and then when he's seeing the other players on the team struggle in some areas and you know different ones at different times he kind of feels this way and it's just like if i don't produce then this team is going to suffer even more. And then now putting him in some situations he probably shouldn't be doing right now. We've seen a lot more of him driving into the lane and maybe putting himself in positions that he shouldn't be and getting some blocked shots and things like that. So, you know, I, I feel bad for him. I, I do. I would like to see him make some better decisions, kind of understand that players are keying off of that, expecting him to do that uh, and to uh, find, find a better way to get the rest of the team involved. And, and on the flip side of that, We've got to have not just – we talked a lot about bench production this year. We've got to have a starter be more consistent with him, yeah. really two starters. So who do you think needs to step up more out of the starting lineup? Uh, right now, I think it needs to be Alan Flanagan and JT Thor. Um, both of those guys were in double digits today. I don't think they were in double digits very good. Like Flanagan hit two threes late to kind of put him up there. And then Thor, you know, he made six free throws, which led to ten points. But uh, those two, those two need to step up. Um, Alan Flanagan um, really struggling with uh, turnovers as of recent. You know, he didn't he only had one, you know, in this LSU game. But he, you know, struggling offensively. Um, yeah. As of recent games, and JT, you know, had a great game against Kentucky. You know, I think he, I think he really got hit the most with this cancellation of the Mississippi State game because of how much momentum he had after the Kentucky loss. Oh, I can't imagine the, the the hype level that he was at after that game, and then just to kind of like, okay, I got to postpone this, or this game is rescheduled, and then it's completely postponed, and so now it's a whole week where I was on this high, and now I've got to figure out how to kind of rechannel all that energy I have, and no. it was probably quite quite a disappointment. You know, I think Alan Flanagan is also someone we would expect a lot more from. Yeah. I mean, thirteen points tonight. He's the second leading scorer, right? By, or not right behind, far behind Sharif Cooper, who doubled up him on points. Um, I think. Honestly, Sharif and Allen are on opposite trajectories right now where Allen was the guy and put being able to put the team on his back and wasn't forcing things just with doing what came naturally to him. Now he's stopped trying to force some things and, and, and maybe, maybe forcing some things that he normally wouldn't kind of putting him in situations where he's going to have a low probability of scoring. Um, so it's kind of interesting to watch that dynamic change. And I'd like to see him get it figured out before uh, the season in here. And it's a short season left. Uh, but, you know, honestly, what do you, what do you think about Jalen Williams? Only four points tonight. I, I've kind of been not disappointed, but wanted to see more from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, he only played 22 minutes, you know, which is a tie for the least out of all the starters, except for Cambridge, who was in foul trouble. Um, you know, Jalen is a guy that he's always kind of seemed like he's either – you know, he's, he's either going to go for 22 and seven, or he's going to go for four and two. Um, and I guess we just got to build consistency with him. And, you know, Flanagan and uh, 
Cambridge and Jamal Johnson, those guys are guys that played a good amount last year when we had the, those five seniors and we're going to go on a run in late March before COVID hit. Um, Jalen really wasn't. Jalen wasn't playing as much until really late in that year when he kind of hit on the scene. Yeah. Um, I think Jalen just needs to build consistency and uh, you know, he's got great talent. He's, he's purely talented and he could play with anybody out on the floor if he's not the best player out on the floor um, overall wise. Uh, he just needs to build consistency, build confidence, and uh, get ready for next year. Well, we spent a lot of time here critiquing the players. But we do need to give a shout out where it's due. Javon Franklin, a guy that at times we question was he, you know, losing more and more of his time. And we often said that about Chris Moore at times too. But both of them have, you know, found moments where they've risen to yeah. the occasion. Uh, Javon Franklin tonight, six points. He's four for four from the free throw line. He's our leading rebounder. Now, as a team, that's concerning for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But seven uh, rebounds is is pretty good night for him in only 15 minutes of play. Um, so you know from an individual standpoint, very happy for him and, and glad yeah. to see him take advantage of opportunities. And this is this is the time. If yeah. you're a bench player, you need to see that the team right is now. struggling right now. What can I do to seize not just as an individual opportunities for myself, but to make this team better? And so I think that's what I'm I'm most impressed by a Chris Moore, a Javon Franklin. You know, I, I love Babatunde Akingbola. I love saying his name, and I'm surprised that I don't <laughs> trip over it all the time. He is a guy that I really would like to see step up yeah. because we need his length out there and him to yeah. have more significant minutes. But um, we'll, we'll see what keeps happening there. You know, each of those last two guys have risen to the occasion at some point. There's three games left. Maybe he'll do that the same. Yeah. Uh, before we kind of move away from this game, because like we said, it's not super fun to talk about it. We got to give credit to LSU, 53% from the field. How about that? My goodness. That was incredible. So I, I don't know how you win a game when they shoot 53% of the field. And here's the other one, 50% from the three-point arc. I mean, is there a game that you can think of where a team has won against a team shooting like that? No, no, especially especially not on their home floor against a team like that has talent like LSU does, like you can think of like a, you know, a 14 seed beating a three seed in the NCAA tournament because they shot the lights out. But like you got a team like LSU that's big and talented and good on their home floor shooting that way. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And the other area that they uh, definitely won was total rebounds, 39 for Auburn, 47 for LSU overall. And that margin was a lot bigger uh, in the first half and, and could have gotten a much worse. The Auburn actually gained some ground back towards that to make it not look so bad. So between their hot shooting at home and the rebounds at home, it really wasn't, you know, even though Auburn didn't play well, the fact that LSU played so good, it just made it for like the worst possible scenario with the schedule change and everything. So really just not a good week for Auburn, the program currently <laughs> at this moment. Yeah. Um, but there are three games left, as I said several times, to make amends the problem is they're pretty dang tough yeah you bully the best teams of land the next one we're going to see uh florida how's that make you feel gray um not not particularly well um the dang, this is a tough three game stretch <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a four game stretch and we've already been hit with a 104 points on the road but um you know, this is a florida team that's real similar 
real similar. They're going to come out and they're going to shoot well and they're well coached and you know, we're going to have to bring our A game. Where I would probably put Florida right now is they are just below the top of the SEC. Yeah. Uh, they are up there in the top third. Um, they're 11 and six in the year, seven, five in the SEC currently. Um, they've beaten a lot of good teams. Um, one on the road in number 11, West Virginia. They also beat number six at the time, Tennessee at home and I've beaten LSU. Um, so they've got a fairly good resume, but they've also lost to some teams. They definitely shouldn't have lost. At, I believe it was at home to South Carolina, which was a bit of a shock. They're coming off a win over Georgia, uh, 70 to 63, which is a bit close. Georgia's actually kind of been surging a little bit. And it seems like Auburn propelled them to start doing a little bit better and making closer of course. Games things. Of course. That's, that's just the story of being an Auburn fan. Right? <laughs> yeah. We make everybody else look good. I don't know what that is. Uh, but the game it will be this Tuesday, the 23rd of February. You can watch it on ESPN. And, and just a note, it has been moved up. Now, did we get a word about why that was? Was it a COVID thing or was it something know. else? I have no idea. I just saw that it was moved up. And I, I was happy with it. You know, I, I am too, because, you know, we don't have to stay up as late talking about things. But I would like no more schedule changes the rest of the year. Three games left. Surely we can make it no more schedules changes. Oh, knock on wood. Yeah, here I am over here on the counter and just nodding right now. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be a tough one for Auburn to win. Um, it's only going to get harder after this point. We said t- this last four-game stretch was was really, really rough for Auburn. And Florida is not going to be a team, even though it's at home, that you want to take uh, lightly going forward. So that's all we have for you in this edition of Inside the Jungle. Before we get out of here, though, Gray, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or find me on Instagram at Gray O21. And you can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Until we talk to you again, or Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?